Hello there, I am your shopkeeper Chris Baker, and thanks for joining me for another random curiosity here at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where we take a real quick look at something, whether it happens to be a movie that I don't really want to talk that much about, or maybe it's a topic, or something happening in the news or in society at large, but this is kind of where we just give a, a real quick take on something, and what we're going to be talking about in this random curiosity is the movie Natty Knox. Now, there's been a really weird ride with this movie with me. I watched this probably like a, a couple weeks ago and intended on doing it as a uh, a full episode, and then something else came up that I wanted to do for my, my second official episode of the week, so I was like, well, I'll do this as a bonus episode. So I recorded it, and we had some technical difficulties, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'll do it as a bonus episode the following week. And the following week came, and I had two really good movies that was earlier this week, and of course, the Last Voyage of the Demeter and Cobweb were two movies I just absolutely loved. So this wasn't going to bounce any of those as an actual episode. So I thought, okay, well, I'll do this as a, a bonus episode this week. And then I got to thinking about it. Uh, the audio recording I did of the initial take, I just wasn't happy with. Like I said, we were having some technical difficulties. And I thought, you know what? I, I don't even think I like this movie as much as I, I wanted to. So I don't want to devote a whole episode to this. So we're just going to talk about it briefly. My thoughts on Natty Knox. Now, on paper, and the trailer looked like it was going to be one of those movies really good or like really cheap and shitty. And it's it's kind of... Uh it's better than I thought it was going to be as far as looks and as far as effects and acting goes. The movie just was failed by the writing and failed by the story. You've got Dwight H. Little, the director of Halloween 4. He's gone on to direct other things in TV and whatnot. Uh, a really good director. And you could really feel his his horror chops in this because it very much felt like, you know, how he directed Halloween 4. And, you know, it just had a creepy vibe to it, had a lot of atmosphere. He, he's good at building tension. You had a lot of tense scenes. Uh, a big problem with this is that there were just no real big scares. And the couple scares, like jump scares they did, were either cheap jump scares or shitty CG jump scares. Uh, which I, I just didn't buy into at all. But but as far as like the story goes, there just wasn't a lot of places for him to add scares to it. But ultimately, I think Dwight H. Little did a good job in the directing. Now, as far as the cast go, I thought the cast was probably the saving grace of this because you had some real heavy hitters in the world of horror. Of course, Danielle Harris uh, teaming up with Dwight H. Little again. Of course, uh, a couple of Halloween 4 alums. Uh, she plays the mom in this and does a really good job with that. It's really weird to see, think of little uh, Danielle Harris from Halloween 4 being the mom in a movie now. But, but I've always loved things she's shown up. Like, one of the things I actually liked about the Rob Zombie Halloween movie was the fact that Daniel Harris was in it and, and, and all the tie-ins with Halloween, which was kind of cool. You had uh, Freddy Krueger himself, Robert Englund, playing the Mr. Meredith, Daniel Harris's character, Diane's boss, and the uh, pretty much he was there 
to provide fodder for the killer and dump a lot of exposition. But he did it in a really cool way. You know, it's it's Robert Englund. And it was kind of against type for him. He wasn't playing a weirdo or a killer or some guy that comes in and stalks you in your dreams. Then, of course, Bill Mosley. He was Chop Top in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I mean, he's gone on to do just tons of movies and a lot of movies that uh, deal with horror and in fantasy, science fiction, the genre stuff, but uh, just a, a huge laundry list of accomplishments for him. So, you know, this guy's, if you're talking about heavy hitters in the world of horror, this guy has done just about everything. And he plays uh, the serial killer with a weird history, but he does a really good job with the mystery of it and the weirdness of it and the creepiness of it. I just don't think the character was written very well. And then, of course, you had the kid actors, Charlotte Fountaine Jardim, awesome job as Brit. Uh, she, I think, has a really bright future. Thomas Roby as Wyatt did a really good job. Noan Perez as Robbie played like the, the dickhead friend that you don't know why you hang out with him because he's always getting you in trouble, but you like him anyway and you still hang out with him. He was really good. Uh, the young girl, Chana Zeitung, I, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. She played Jolie, did a good job. I just think the character was written a lot younger than the actress. And some of the scenes where she's trying to be uh, a little kid just didn't come off quite right. It felt awkward because she felt a little old to be acting the way she was. But the basic premise of the story is this speedy list horror film starlet from the 60s. The movie rolls dry up and in the 70s and with Saul starts out in 76, she turns to prostitution in her hometown and she's banging all the local guys and keeping a book and and name and names and of course the town's wives come looking for her kind of like a witch hunt and i'm like this is 1976 this isn't 1676 or 1576 it just felt like a witch hunt from an older time and it just didn't really feel like it fit and they took her to a shed burn her alive and they made it seem like this was she was casting a curse on them and and these women of the town and that really had nothing, it didn't really play into any of the rest of the story. And I think there was a big disconnect to how they set up this Natty Knox character and, and to how they ended the Natty Knox character because uh, they set it up to be one thing. Uh, the rest of the story didn't have anything to do with that. You find out Bill Mosley's character is her son. And at the very end, you realize that she's been possessing him, but there really wasn't anything to give you any notion that that was the case to begin with. And she's looking for somebody to uh, possess instead of her son, uh, another female, which that's where the Brit character comes in. And it was an interesting enough ending. It just was really confusing how we got from that first scene, the witch hunt scene, to the possession scene at the end. It just seemed like a mishmash of, of different genres in horror. You had uh, a witch hunt. You had a quote-unquote serial killer with the Bill Mosley character. Uh, and then you had the possession storyline at the very end. It just There was just a lot of disconnect between what this movie wanted to be. And I, I have to blame the writer on that, Benjamin Olsen. Just, it, it just wasn't a very good story. Or I shouldn't say it wasn't a very good story because it was an interesting story. It just wasn't well handled. It wasn't well put together and thought out. I, this, this movie needed about two or three more revisions. 
and two or three more edits. Because the whole name of the movie, Natty Knox, it's a play off the character, the starlet from the 60s. Her name was Natty Knox. And there's this lore around town about, uh, you know, this all takes all place on Halloween Eve. And there's this kind of uh, urban legend about if Natty knocks on your door nine times, you don't ever really find out what's supposed to happen. She gets you, uh, I guess. That's that's the best explanation for it. It just seemed like it was a an urban myth, an urban legend that was never really fully thought out or fleshed out. Again, kind of leading back to the fact that this story just needed some rewrites. It needed some editing. It needed uh, another set of eyes looking at it to kind of make it feel a little more cohesive. Like I said, it just felt so disjointed from the witch hunt scene to this really weird urban legend that doesn't really factor into the rest of the story to the serial killer aspect. Uh, there were some Michael Myers vibes, definitely a lot of Michael Myers vibes to this character, uh, but you had the serial killer slasher thing. And then you had the, the possession stuff at the end. And it just, like I said, there was just a lot of disconnect and I, I really wish this movie flowed a little better and had a little more cohesion to it because the direction was really good. The look of this movie was really good. I mean, the sets and everything looked uh, fantastic. I mean, it looked like a more expensive movie than it probably was just from a uh, art direction standpoint. And the cast was really fantastic. I, I thought, okay, there's a lot of these actors and actresses I'm not familiar with. This is going to be some... Um, you know, not shitty acting, but it's not going to be up to the standards that I'm hoping it is. And actually all the acting, especially the young actors, uh, for not knowing a lot of these kids, they all did really well. And then of course you got the veterans like Daniel Harris, Robert England, Bill Mosley, that all did a fantastic job. And speaking of Bill Mosley, they had this really weird story with him taking the identity of some first responder and, and he's a serial killer, but he's posing as a cop. And it's just, like I said, there was just a lot of confusing, too many elements all tried to be crammed in the one. This this movie was trying to be, or at least the script, I should say, was trying to be too many different movies. And it just needed to be simplified. And simple is the best way to go with horror. I mean, you can have twists and turns, but if you have a simple premise and a simple storyline, that is where horror is most effective. If they set that first witch hunt scene and make Natty Knox uh, be somebody from the, the 1500s or the 1600s or even the 1700s, somewhere around there, somewhere in the distant past, have this witch hunt, have the, the townswomen burn her alive and she casts a curse on them that she's going to you know, haunt their families and exact revenge on their families down the road. Then you have, from something that long ago, you have a real foundation for an actual urban myth and, and legend, a local myth that has stood the test of time for centuries. And of course, you've got to make that concise. You gotta, you know, you gotta dot all your I's and cross all your T's with the, with the parameters and the rules of this urban legend. Don't make it as complicated as somebody knocking on your door nine fucking times. Then you can have some sort of possession where the, the ghost uh, possesses a long-lost relative of her own. And that long-lost relative is going around killing the 
the ancestors of the original women who who burned her at the stake and do something like that. Of course, a vengeful spirit exacting its revenge on the ancestors that wronged it is nothing new. But at least it would have had a little more cohesion to it. I'm no screenwriter, so, you know, what do I know? But uh, to me, something like that would have felt a little less disjointed than the script of, of this story did. But ultimately, yeah, it, not a great movie, but not a horrible movie. I mean, it, it has its moments. Like I said, the acting is really good. The direction is really good. The look of it is really good. The CG, some of the CG is a little... Uh, iffy, but but some of the CG is not horrible. As far as the looks of it all go, and, and the acting and the direction, uh, not a bad movie. This would be a good movie and a fine movie if it just wasn't for, like I said, this disjointed story that was confusing at best and didn't really tie the beginning with the ending very well. So don't take my word for it, though. Check it out for yourself. Natty Knox, you can get it. It's video on demand. I don't think this ever had an actual theatrical release. Uh, I watched it video on demand, so you can check that out and see for yourself. See how you like it. Like I said, it's at least worth the watch to see Dwight H. Little behind the the camera directing Daniel Harris once more. Uh, and, and Robert Englund and Bill's mostly thrown in there with some good young actors uh, to boot. Uh, for that, it's at least worth that watch. So go check that out. Natty Knox. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to this random curiosity on Natty Knox. Should you open the door when Natty Knox? Well, yeah, but keep the chain lock on it. Check out more what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on Facebook and Instagram. Please follow, like, and subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're listening on uh leave those reviews five stars would be awesome and as well please share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror fantasy and science fiction so until next time